Welcome to Brawny Conversations. I am Patrick Braun, your host. This podcast will provide our listeners with informative and entertaining discussions held with experienced people covering a wide range of topics. If you want to shorten your learning curve or just learn more about one of our topics, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy our discussion. Dustin Danzi was born in Shreveport, Louisiana and raised in Homer, Louisiana. He was an exceptional high school football player in Louisiana, which led him to sign and play D1 football at Southern Mississippi as a defensive back. And that's where Dustin's story gets very interesting. We'll get more into that in our discussion today. Dustin is an owner of several businesses, including Nope Defensive Back Training Academy, the Uplift Youth Performance Training, Personal Fitness and Athletic Training at Coach Up. Dustin has also, also authored two books, Do It Now, Don't Wait, and The Answer is Perseverance, which can be purchased on Amazon. He is also an assistant high school football coach at Homer High School. This is a man who is committed to his family and to giving back to his community through coaching and mentoring today's youth. I was introduced to Dustin in 2018 when he lived in Houston. Dustin was recommended to me as an excellent speed trainer who could help my two sons improve their footwork and speed. They were already fast, but I was told that Dustin could help them be even faster. Well, Dustin did exactly that, and not only did he help them run faster, but impacted them spiritually and mentally. He combined his physical training with mental conditioning, and my sons loved it. Dustin has a unique ability to connect with people, motivate them to be better, and to work harder. Our discussion today will provide you with insights into Dustin's story that will provide you with hope and will inspire you to pursue chasing and fulfilling your dreams, no matter what stands in your path. Dustin, welcome to the Brawny Conversations podcast. I appreciate you for having me, man. No problem. I appreciate you for having me. I'm excited about this conversation, Dusty. You're a great, yes, great man, and you've got a lot to share. So uh, well, let's so get much. started. Right? As, as you're sitting down for this conversation, what are your thoughts and expectations? Uh, well, throughout the conversation, I hope to you know express my thoughts on being a youth mentor and, and why we're so important to the community. And also, I hope to inspire anyone who may hear it. Uh, whether young, young or a seasoned adult, I just hope to encourage you to find your passion and just go after it. I love that. I love that. That is so good. So, Dustin, as I, as I mentioned in the introduction, you wear a lot of hats. You are a very, very busy man. So please tell us, how do you juggle all these responsibilities and still keep the awesome, positive attitude that you have? Right, right, man. Well, uh, well, like any human, uh, I have my days, you know, but however, you know, I understand it's, it's life. You know, I also understand that, you know, passion will make it all worth it. Uh, you know, my love is to mentor kids. So I'm all for staying busy, mentoring kids. Staying positive is easy because I have to, you know, practice what I preach. You know, I'm always encouraging the kids to stay positive. So it's only right that I do the same. So, uh, you know, it's a grind. But, you know, at the same time, I, I'm, I'm doing what I love to do. Uh, which is be around kids and mentor kids. So uh, I'm all in on it. I, I love it. And I know you made a huge impact on my sons and uh, that, that positive mentality was, was a separator and, uh, and very special, very special. So Dustin, when I think of you, words that come to mind are coach, mentor, quality, family, man, honest, healthy, and fit, always smiling. These are words that most people would like to be associated with. Were you always this way or did these traits evolve over time? Um, I can honestly say uh, I've always been that way. You know, my mother was that way as well. Uh, she she never let anything change the way she felt. You know, she fought uh, to stay happy. In my first book, you know, Do It Now, Don't Wait, uh, before she passed away, you know, I had a dream. And I talked about that dream in the book where she said, uh, you know, it's your fight now. Uh, and I promised her I would, you know, so here I am 16 years later, still still at it, you know, still fighting to keep that positive uh, attitude. You know, even throughout my, my fight with depression, I, I never put that negative energy on another person, you know, which is why so many read my book and had no idea what I was going through. Uh, that was definitely a good good and bad thing. But but I fought my way out of the darkness. So uh, but I can I can honestly say I've always been positive. I'm known, you know, in my areas as the guy who's always positive, even in the hallways at my school today. Uh, that's the, that's when they see me. That's the thing. They say he's always smiling, always positive. That's just because I want to be a light for people. Well, and, and you've got a great smile. It's that's one that draws people to you. Uh, your energy is amazing. And, and hey, listen, we know life's hard. Life's difficult. Wow. It's not easy. And uh, sometimes it punches you in the mouth. And, and that positive attitude and that smile can get you through some really, really tough times. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. And, and I love the fact that you're putting that message into the youth of today. 
Right. You know, they need to hear it because sometimes, uh, you know, as parents, we've done a good job for our kids and, and almost made it too easy for them. And, and, and it won't always be that way, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was one thing I worried about, you know, when I was out in, in Houston, you know, as I just kept saying myself, but I want them to learn what I learned, you know, coming up how I came up, but I don't want them to see what I saw, you know. So yep. it's, it's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a battle we deal with. But, you know, I'm just thankful I can uh, put my kids in a position that I've never seen growing up. So uh, I love that part of it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so let's, if we could, let's go back in time and get into your story a little bit because it's, it's so powerful and there's, there's so much to learn from. You were an all-district two-way player in football. You played both quarterback and defensive back. You had five Division I offers to play football. Sounds like everything was lining up for you and you're on top of the world as a senior in high school. You ended up signing with Southern Mississippi in 2004. So, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that'll be listening to this that are wondering, what was that like to be an unbelievable athlete right at the top of the world, sign in D1? What was that recruiting experience like? And, and why did you ultimately choose Southern Miss? Right, right. Well, you know, coming from home of Louisiana, you know, before my time, I couldn't even remember. But one athlete who actually, you know, uh, went through the, recru- the recruiting process and actually signed, you know, so I, I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. Uh, so I kind of was on my own, you know, uh, so it was uh, everything was just new to me. And also new to everybody around me, but you know the recruiting process was very inspiring. Um, to to go from a country kid, uh, you know, just a country kid, to the phone ringing all night with schools calling. Uh, I ultimately chose Southern Miss because the culture there, and it and it felt, and I felt it'd be you know able to you know they'd be able to support me and the things that I needed. Uh, but also my top two schools were TCU and Southern Miss. And when USM, which is Southern Miss, beat them on ESPN, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm going. You know, so as a team, you know, team, yeah, senior in high school, when I see somebody, my one of the teams went on ESPN, uh, they kind of crossed themselves out. So when Southern Miss beat TCU on ESPN on Thursday Night Football, I was like, yeah, that, that's where I'm going. So. I, you know, I couldn't wait till the coach called me that next uh, that next week. And I told him, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and commit. So uh, it was exciting. You know, I, I wouldn't take that back. One of the best moments of my life, you know, just answering that phone, seeing all those numbers come on. Back then, the caller ID, uh, it was a special <laughs> thing, you know, so uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I would definitely tell all the kids that, you know, it's definitely humbling, you know, uh, but, you know, you just got to keep your options open. And uh, if I could go back, you know, I would really, you know, really just tell these kids who are going through that process. Now, make sure, you know, they have your majors and you know, all that stuff. I was just excited to get recruited. I didn't care what they had to offer as far as that, you know, my major. I just want to go somewhere and play football. But now that I've gotten older, you know, I can look back now and say, yeah, I would definitely look into that more. But, you know, Southern Miss was a great experience. That's that is that is great advice. It's, uh, you know, the world's changed. Changed a lot. Since, exactly. Right. Not with, I mean, social media, it's, it's, it's exactly. crazy and kids are getting recruited. I know in baseball, kids are getting recruited in eighth grade, ninth grade and committed at that point. Right. Is that happening at football now as well? Yeah, it's, it's definitely happening, man. These kids are getting recruited earlier. You know, uh, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. You know, I've experienced the good in it with kids, you know, really get motivated just like I did, you know, and they really go hard and they work hard to do what they need to do to actually complete the process. And I've also seen it go bad, you know, with some kids getting, you know, big headed, you know, with these, these colleges reaching out to them so early, they become uncoachable. So, you know, I see the good and the bad in, in, in both scenarios, but, you know, it's just, it's just like anything. It's always that, 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 that white and black side. You know, it's always going to be one side or the other side, you know, so uh, but but you, but again, it's it's humbling, you know, and you got to be ready for it because when you got all these cool, these schools calling you, you have to be prepared to uh, to make a decision and live with it because most kids drill, you know, they really dwell on trying to make the right decision. When I always was told there is no right or wrong decision, that's simply the decision that's made and you go with it, you know, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's good, good perspective. And, right. you know, the we had this uh, thing that impacted the world uh, pretty, pretty significantly, right? COVID in 2020. Yeah. And that really changed the athletic landscape as well, right? You've got right. Uh, athletes now that have an extra year or two of eligibility and they're still, you know, they're, they're 23, 24 years old. Um, and at 23, 24, you've got a completely different body than you do at 18. Right. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, so, completely different perspective on life as well. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And, you know, you got to, I think about these, these kids that commit today at eight or ninth grade and you right. know, they're the, they're the, 
they're unbelievable. They're, they're advanced for their age, mm -hmm. but uh, they're not ready to, even when they're 18, I'm not sure they're going right. to be ready to compete with 23 or 24 year olds. Right. So, yeah. so they got to stay in the weight room the whole way along. Yeah, that's why what I do is uh, so important. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy about that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I definitely love that because uh, these kids, you know, you really have to be on top of your game. You can't go in thinking I'm not going to work out. I'm just fast. Yeah, I hear you. Everybody's fast. <laughs> they, they big and fast. <laughs> so you got to get on get on it, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's. That's why you're, you come in so right. So valuable. And it's, it's amazing because, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go out a little tangent here because, you know, Dustin has, has no defensive back Academy where he's, mm -hmm. he's teaching me the finer points of, of playing defensive back. Uh, but, but he also is an unbelievable speed coach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as an example, my two boys were both very, very fast and we're talking running in the six, seven to six point, uh, six, six to 6.7 second, 60 yard dash, which is a key measure in baseball. Wow. And, and Dustin was able to get both of them to run 6.5s, uh, which is a huge increase at a very short amount of distance. And it all had to do with technique start and particularly the drive and the glide phases. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this out there and you're, you want to get faster, technique is every bit as important as strength. And you need to find someone like Dustin who has that knowledge and can transfer it to you because fast can be faster with, yeah. with that technique. Right, Dustin? Did I that's articulate it. that correctly? You, you did a great job. And that's so true. You know, but a lot of kids are so raw, you know, and they, they, they think that, you know, that raw speed is what can really get them from A to B. But, you know, just like in any, any you know, yard dash, 60, 40, 20, you're going from A to B. You need to be in a straight line. You need everything lined up straight. Uh, you definitely don't want anything off because that one thing that's off is going to be the difference between that 6'5 and a 6'6. Six, six. So your, your boys did a great job of really, you know, buying into what I was talking to them about. I mean, even from the first session with them, they could tell that I had a big, I mean, a lot of passion for getting them to understand that this is important. I know it seems so basic, but this is important. Why? Because that six four, that six six, and that six five, or that six four, is the difference between that school calling and that school never calling you. So, uh, man, I love what I do. You know, I, I love to get out there with the kids and really get them to buy into, it. and I love to see that that light come on when they finally get it. It's so good. And I got to, I'll tell you, one of the things that I loved about you is you weren't, Hey, you know, Hey, your boys need to come in here every day or your boys need exactly. to come in here every week. <laughs> you, you had us come in when we needed to, right? but, but you also gave my boys exercises and mm -hmm. drills and things to do on their own right? so that they were, they were getting better in between the sessions. And you know, that, that's, that's something about you. Right. You, you you to this day, um, they both still use those exercises right. and you know, activating their glutes and all those mm -hmm. things you showed them. They still do those things today. And I could see it when Jackson's, uh, you know, up warming up before a baseball game, I can see him doing the exercises that you showed him. And right. It's awesome, man. That means a lot, man. That, that means they were listening. They, 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 they understood that I was only trying to help them. And, and I still get messages and emails man for my kids that I've trained six you know six years ago and they you know they might send me a picture of them doing some of that same stuff you know just to let me know I'm, I'm still all in coach you know I'm still all in it's some of the greatest messages I ever get man I'm so appreciative because I mean like I like you've seen you know those kids really felt my passion and and I, and I wanted to be that I didn't want to be that trainer that was just a trainer. You know, I wanted them to know that it was more about them understanding that, you know, whatever you want to do, you got to be all in. You can't be 50%. So if I'm giving you things that take you over that 50%, you know, as far as your mentality towards what you're trying to do, uh, just just use it going forward and be all in on it. So and don't don't wait for your trainer to tell you what to do. You do it on your own. And and your boys did a great job of that. And they, they didn't hesitate to message me whenever they needed some advice. Uh, and that's what it's about. It's so good. And well, and, 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 you know, I know that you've worked with some very high end, you know, athletes that were headed from high school to college, but I also saw you working with, you know, average youth that right. just wanted to be fitter and healthy and, and, you know, parents brought them to you to, to kind of right. show them the way and, and helping in that way too. Right. It's, right. it's not like you're just working and training the best you're training right. everybody who's open to learning. That's that's that was my thing from day one. You know, even when I started training in Houston, I never wanted to be the guy that, 
you know, train all these, you know, these, you know, these Nike and professional sprinters and these NFL guys. I just wanted to be, you know, the trainer that would train any kid because it was all about mentoring me. It wasn't really even about the training. I knew I was great at training. I knew I knew what I needed to know. Uh, but it was most important to let them know that not only did I care about you in the sport, I just care about you as a person. Uh, and that's what really, uh, you know, was really different about me as far as, you know, training in Houston. There's a lot of great trainers out there, uh, but I, I wanted to be one of the great trainers who was also a great person. And I wanted them to feel that. Mm-hmm. You accomplished both of those items, Dustin, without a doubt. And and for those of you, I mean, obviously it's a podcast, so it's it's just audio. Uh, but uh, us, Dustin keeps himself very fit, and he can mm-hmm. he can still go at any moment. I can moment. still get out there. <laughs> <laughs> I can still. I got a race with my guys back home here soon, man. They keep calling me out at practice, so I'm back home. They keep hearing my name is one of the best ever come through the school. So you know they want a piece of me, man. Oh, so yeah. I so I got to stay on it. Pretty soon I'm gonna have to get out there. Race my my guys back home. <laughs> hey, all you young bucks out there, be scared because Dustin can still go. There's no doubt. There's Indeed. No doubt. Indeed. I love it. All right, so let's. Uh, you're you're coming out of high school now, mm-hmm. and you're headed to Southern Miss. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like to go from being right the guy on the gridiron there in Homa, uh, playing quarterback, playing defensive back, and now all of a sudden you're in this college football arena. What was the what was that transition like? Oh man, uh, from from top dog at your high school to just a freshman. It's a humbling process. Yeah. It's, uh, and the speed of the game just jumps out at you very quickly. You know, it's just a whole nother level. You know, I was used to waking up early when I was in high school, uh, you know, but the amount of things you had to do after waking up early in college was just exhausting. You know, I always tell these kids these stories and I'll run, run it to them. They're like, okay, you want to play D1, right? I will. Right, well, let me explain to you how it's going to work. And I go through this, you know, over and over again, this thing, you got to be at this meet, you got to be a DB meet, then you got to go to defensive meet, then you got to go to special team meet, All right, then you got to go to this meet, then you got to go to a team meet. Then they, they be like, then, okay, you go to the room, they might give you an hour to take a nap. And then you got to go to practice for two and a half hours. And then you better go eat because you got to go to to, uh, to a study hall after that. You know, so them kids, just, you know, they mouths open. I'm like, yeah, you say you want that, right? But I don't think you really want that. You know, you, really, you have to have a different kind of mentality, man, which is why I, I really just, you know, I, I'm, I'm so high on just collegiate athletes, no matter what sport, you know, it's because you have to love it because, like I said earlier, uh, when you go to college, if you really don't like your sport, it will be exposed very fast. You have to love it. You got to be all in. So all these, you know, like I tell my kids, all these guys you see on the TV playing, man, those guys love to play ball. That That's why I love to watch them because you're watching a bunch of kids who love to do what they do. And, uh, and that's what it's about because it is exhausting. I can remember many nights, you know, I wrote in my first book, how I called my mom. I was just trying to make up any reason why she would let me come home. Any reason. Just let me come home. But my mother, luckily, was not going at all. She was just like, nope. I remember all those nights you said you wanted this. And if you don't want it, so many other kids want it. So you better stay there because they will quickly give it to somebody else. So she did a good job of putting it in perspective. But, man, it's a grind and you have to be prepared. That is such a truth that that your mom laid out there for you. Right. Right? That's the truth of cold water, right yes, in the face. It is right in the face because she, uh, you know, I, I put it in that book, man. She didn't answer the phone for three days after we had that conversation because she knew that that's all I wanted to say. So she forced me to take it on, you know, take it all by myself, and I appreciate it for that, you know, because it, it made me grow up. You know, in those three days, I, I grew up a lot because I realized that. You're right, mom. You know, you, I, I did sit up with you and tell you that I was going to do this for you. So I don't want to run from it, you know, and I just had to grow up. Whereas if she would have been answering, she would have been able to just be mama, you know, and just kind of be there, you know, and I wouldn't have been able to mature, you know. So I appreciate her and her wisdom for understanding that that's just what's needed. And I know that hurt her to not answer that phone, but she had to do it, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's very hard for a parent that spent 18 years Mm -hmm. raising a child, right? Mm -hmm. Mentoring, pouring into, making sacrifices for, and then you send them off to college and it's like, (laughs) I got to let them fly. I got to let them go. It's hard. It's hard. (laughs) Well, so, so Dustin, now this is a pivotal point in your life. This is where Mm -hmm. you really face some, some challenging life difficulties. So if you would tell us what challenges you encountered during this time and ultimately where it led you and how you overcame them. 
Right. Well, uh, you know, uh, when I got there, of course, it was exciting, you know, uh, to to see what we just talked about as far as my mother crying, dropping me off and me feeling just very accomplished. You know, when I got to Southern Miss, you know, I can remember the first day when we pulled up uh, the the news uh, from Jackson, Mississippi was down and they were they were getting interviews with the new freshmen coming in. It was a new world quickly. I mean, as soon as I got out the car. It was cameras in my face and a mic. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is not high school no more. You know, so I uh, felt great, you know, but to go from that to, you know, two and a half, almost three weeks later, you know, I get they came with the news that I was not cleared by the NCAA clearinghouse. And it really it really hurt so bad because the, the day before that. Uh, I had led everybody in tackles in the in the the, the last two of days uh, uh, scrimmage, you know. So I went out there and really proved myself to the defensive coordinator. I was flying around, around. I was finally loose, and I was finally feeling like, okay, I can do this. The speed of the game was slowing down. Of course, I've been in practice for two and a half weeks. So, uh, but to go from leading the team in tackles to the next day getting that news, it kind of crushed me, and I and I took it the wrong way. You know, if my perspective was, you know what, just sit out a year, keep getting better, and then next year get your grades up, and the next year you'll be there. Uh, but instead, I went the wrong way, and I started thinking that, you know, you know what, maybe I wasn't supposed to be here after all. And all those negative thoughts that you could easily have, I chose to entertain them, and, and that kind of led me down a bad road where I just started, you know, seeing my world as negative. I started, you know, Tapping into what's what, what I didn't know then was was depression uh, because you know I I didn't understand why I never I didn't want to go talk to my teammates anymore I was embarrassed to go anywhere I wanted to stay in my room and you know just trying to fight out of that and then to come home and to get the word that you know my mother was uh, terminally ill with cancer uh, and 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 well on her way you know out of here it was just like man this is too much for me right now you know and. And from there, I just kind of start, you know, diving into, you know, the drugs and things like that. Just anything to get my mind to free fall away from what I was trying to deal with, you know, because I just lost my, my brother and my best friend uh, my junior year in high school, you know. So I was just trying to fight through that. And then now it looks like I'm going to be losing my mother here soon. So just, you know, on a teenager, man, it was just so much on my mind at the time. And I didn't really have a mentor. You know, I didn't, nobody mm-hmm. called me to check on me. Nobody, it was just like, man, you got to do this for the time. I don't care what you're going through. You're the first one. So that pressure was also a part of it, you know, because I didn't understand depression. I didn't know what, why I woke up every day and just wanted to sit in the same spot. And in the whole day, I just kept telling myself over and over, go somewhere. But it's just like I was, was fighting my own brain or my own mind at times. It was just, it was just a bad, bad, you know, situation I was putting myself in, but you know, I can, I can personally say I was doing it to myself because of my perspective, but it took me a long time to, to really fight out of it. Uh, it, it took, you know, a, a lot of people just coming around reminding me of who I used to be because for a while I just kind of forgot that I could even play ball. Cause that's how deep in depression I got. So yeah. uh, to fight my way out of that, uh, was was definitely uh you know I'm definitely thankful for God for that but you know it's it definitely can get hard uh that's why I am who I am today and that's why I mentor kids because you know a part of why I do what I do is because I want to be that well, that was not never there for me which is that mentor that can be there which is why every kid I've ever trained can still call me today uh, I'm always gonna be there for them because I don't want any young adult to go through what I went through and I know I only went through it because I didn't have that mentor there to tell me that hey man life is all about you know things you got to persevere through you always got to prove it you know it's you can't it's nothing gonna be given to you well that's kind of really all I needed but instead all I had was a dorm room to sit in to think about how embarrassing it was to not be able to go to practice with my teammates anymore when I was supposed to be one of the best freshmen in the class you know so uh, it, was, it was definitely hard. What a what a difficult thing to deal with at, mm-hmm. at such a young age, right? And yes. and uh, you know, it, obviously, you you weren't equipped to to handle that because you didn't have that mentor or someone right. to talk to. So I I absolutely love the way you've changed this around right. and are making sure that the people around you have access to someone to talk to and to right. to tell them and help them deal with these situations. Um, wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's powerful and, and such mm-hmm. a shame because, um, I know what a great athlete you are and I can only imagine what a great athlete you were, right. um, you know, but God had a different plan for you. And now yes, fact, actually you're impacting more people today than you probably would have if you had been that, that super stud at Southern Miss. I, I don't want to take it back for the world. I, I love the lessons I was taught. I didn't understand it then, but you know, just, you know, just like my second book, I understand it now. I do understand now. 
You know, it's interesting, Dustin, as you, you mentioned this, this key thread of, of you didn't have a mentor mm-hmm. and now you know the importance of that. Um, right. I just recorded a podcast that I posted last week and one of those themes, and this happens to be a 30 year old guy who achieved his career objectives very early, but the critical right. element there was he found a mentor very early in his professional career that really made a huge impact. And, you know, it's, it's critical. I think, I think everybody needs a mentor, whether you're right. 40, 50, 60 or 16 or 18 or 22. Right. A mentor is a critical role. Yeah, very critical, very critical, especially today with, you know, with, with today's youth, with social media. Uh, you know, these kids tend to compare themselves a lot today. You know, everything is, you know, who's doing it, you know, who's getting recruited, who got offered this, who got offered from this team, who got. And these kids are comparing themselves so much. Uh, you you add that with anxiety, you know, the, the drugs that sneak their way into, you know, a, a teenager's right gang life, you know, bullying, uh, you know, it's it. A mentor is definitely needed now. You know, it's something that, you know, we didn't see a lot of. uh, But again, that's why my passion uh, woke up in me, uh, because I seen that, you know what, all I really needed was somebody that I could just talk to, you know, because whatever's going on in your mind, it will find a way out. It will find its way out. And the fact that I never talked about it, you know, which people read in my first book, how I just kept it to myself. That's that's where all the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the bad stuff starts to flood out and show itself. You know, it will it will always show his ugly face. So uh, a mentor, though, is just somebody just like I've always been for those kids in Houston, kids back home, uh, just somebody you can talk to about whatever. You know, I tell them all the time. And whenever you talk to me, you're talking to, to me. You know, it's not you. You're not ever talking to anybody else. This is between me and you. You can be truthful with me. I'm going to be very truthful with you. Uh, and then we can get some accomplished because you can understand that you can get it out. You know, whereas I didn't have that. You know, everybody I talk to won't talk about football. You know, you want to talk about how, how is it there and how is it? Well, I, I didn't even have football on my mind anymore. I had problems on my mind. I just wanted to to, to learn how to deal with it. You know, so mentors are very important. Uh, and going forward, I believe it's going to be even more important. Absolutely, Dustin, 100 percent. Now, um, you know, as you've you gone through this time, uh, it was pretty challenging and you, right. you started to pivot, right? You started to pivot out of it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how, when you started to pivot and, and, and what direction you headed in to get to where you are today. Right. Right? So, so, so let's talk about from that Southern right. mess, you're, you're having those difficulties and now you started to, to see the light. You had friends right. come talking to you, showing you who you were, right? right? How did you, how did you pivot and get out of that? Uh, I can you know, always go back to one story because it is the moment in my life where I realized, you know, what I was put here on earth to do. Uh, and I realized why I had gone through so much. Uh, and this, this is a story of me. This is around about Oh seven. I was living in Little Rock, Arkansas. You know, I was, uh, you know, I was doing security at a high school up there. Uh, shout out to how high school in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, but it was a day where I was just really at one of my lows. You know, I was at, uh, all time low. I just didn't know which direction I wanted to go in life. Uh, but it's funny how God seems to put you in a place to, sh- to show you things all the time. So I remember just going to to work one day, and this kid was just sitting on a on a on a bench in a lobby in the back back courtyard. Uh, and you know, I, I, something just told me to go talk to him, and he told me he lost his grandmother. And you know, me just telling him to lay, I sat down beside him. I told him to lay his head on my shoulder. And I said, "Man, you can cry on my shoulder," you know. And and I just sat and talked to him, and you know, to see him look at me and say, "I appreciate you," that feeling was different. You know, I don't, I can't explain that feeling. You know, that was the first time in my life that I felt like I love this moment. You know, like this is it. And that's when I realized that that my purpose here on this earth is just mentoring kids. And, and and that's why I feel like I went through everything I needed to go through to prepare me uh, for my purpose. Uh, and ever since that day, that's all I've known is I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I know whatever I'm going to be doing is going to have something to do with mentor kids. So from that day in, in 07, even when it was, I was still struggling to get out of what was depression, but I always knew that's what I love to do. 
So I never hesitated to sit and talking to kids. And eventually my passion turned into you know, my purpose, you know, and, and that's what I'm doing to this day. You know, that's years ago. And that was the moment that woke me up, you know, and it was it was confirmed about a month later when a young lady who was doing bad in school, she showed me a report card and, you know, it was horrible. And I knew she was smarter than that. So I told her, look, I'll give you this amount of money if you just make the honor roll. Well, she came back that next nine weeks and made a 4.0. And it just, you know, and I was just like, that moment was like, you know, to see her, how happy she was, you know, she was like, give me my money. You know, I was like, I got your money. You know, I'm laughing. But when she walked off, you know, I walked off and I cried, you know, because I just felt like, man, this is, I love this stuff. I like to inspire these kids, you know? So that moment was the moment I really woke up and realized, okay, I know now what I want to do in life. I just have to find a way to do it, you know? And, and here I am, man, I'm on, on this podcast with you. And I uh, talking about how I mentored your kids as well as, you know, almost 2000 other kids out here in the world. So, man, I'm this is uh, God. God is so great. bro. Dustin, it is so good. It is so good. And I cannot believe I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to meet you the way we did and, mm-hmm. and you did to make an impact on my boys. And right. uh, it's amazing. I, I, I love your story. It's it's so so good. And what you're doing is is why really all of us have been put here on this earth. Right. Yes, indeed. It's, yes, indeed. I love it. All right. Well, um, so you're working with a lot of middle school and high school aged athletes and, right. you know, ho- hopefully a lot of them will turn into this podcast, right? We hope that's what we're hoping. Yes, what's, the, what's the advice that you would provide to those middle school, high school aged athletes? We're talking, you know, 13 years old to 18 years old that you work with who want to be excellent and reach the next level of right. performance. Uh, man, just, you know, um, uh, just understand that every road to some special is full of obstacles. Um, you will have, you will have to constantly, you know, consistently prove you truly desire the accomplishment or whatever it is you're trying to get to, you know, those who persevere will prevail, but those who make up excuses and give up, you know, they were always put in a position to watch those who didn't quit. You know, and I tell my athletes that all the time, you know, you can, you can watch and be discouraged or you can see, and 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 let those who have prevailed inspire you and you get back in the game yourself, you know. So there's no easy road. Those athletes who are the best athletes, uh, they even have their opportunity to, you know, run into those obstacles, you know, as well. You know, and I'm talking about those athletes who it all just comes easy to. They're just the best athletes. Well, they're going to have to go through what they have to go through as well. So to any athlete out there in the world, I would always just tell them, you know, uh, any middle school athlete, just like you have to have that perseverance mindset that that prove it mentality that no matter what happens, uh, I'm going to find a way to get my goal accomplished uh, because that's that's just really the story of of how I got to Southern Miss and the story of how I got out of that that hole I was in to get back to this point was I realized that that was the key is no matter what I go through, I know what I want to do. I know my passion. So I'm going to stick to my passion and I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to fight through whatever I have to fight through. So just, you know, always be in that, that proven mentality and know where you're headed and do what you got to do to get there. Dustin, that's so good. And, you know, it's, it's, that's right in the money. Um, you, you, life is going to hit you in the face at some point. And, yes, you know, if, if there, and there's, you know, there are people out there in, in middle school and high school that are the best athletes in their right. city right now. And, you know, but a tougher day is going to come because yes, at some indeed. point they're going to get into that arena where everybody was the best city in their athlete, right? best athlete in their city. And, and man, it's the difference really becomes that attitude and that mindset that you're talking about. And I love that you say persevere and right. prevail, prove it, right? You have to, you have you know? to. It is. Sometimes it's almost easier, and I hate to say this, but easier for those people that uh, maybe weren't the best mm-hmm. and had to struggle all the way along. Uh, you know, there's a, a great story I just learned about this week. Uh, Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Right. Uh, right. Lightly recruited out of high school. Right. He was unbelievable. Ended up uh, going to some <laughs> college I never even heard of. Right. Uh, and nobody even really wanted him still. And, uh, you know, here he is, arguably top five quarterback in the NFL doing amazing things. But he always, always believed that he had the talent to do it and was going to do it. Right. Right. So um, your messaging is right on point and there's stories around us everywhere. 
that that are good examples. Right. The tortoise and the hare. You know, you just know no need. You know, that those who boast and brag, you know, the, the people that really had to work hard for what they get, they have and their ability. Those are the ones who are just quiet, sitting back and they're just working. They don't want to talk about it. They just go to work. They just go to work and they go through what they got to go through and they fight. Uh, that's that's why, you know, what you said earlier, yeah, that sometimes it is easier for those those, those athletes because, you know, they, they have spent more time focusing. And, you know, the, the ones who just it comes easy to they spend more time just, you know, just boasting and bragging about their ability, you know, when they, when eventually you will hit that stump in the road. But those kids who didn't have all that ability, they know how to handle it already. That's been them their whole life. They've been yep. fighting their whole life. You know, that's, that's all right. they know. You know, but that kid who's big, it always came easy to, they don't understand what's going on right now. They they like, no, it shouldn't be this hard. This is why you see so many of these top athletes and professional guys. It's so hard for them to accept that they're not the best anymore and retire. They just try to keep going until it, until it's just they get cut because they never understood how they were not the best. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a sad story sometimes for a lot of them, but you know, eventually they have to humble themselves and, uh, and, and, you know, snap out of it, but it's definitely the truth. Good, good stuff. You got to embrace the grind, right? You have embrace to. the grind until, until and when you're done embracing the grind, you're probably, it's probably time to hang it up at that point. That's what Peyton Manning said. And he was the, the, the master of the grind and the process. That's what he always said. I just love the process. When I stop li- loving the process, it's time to go. That's and it. That, that's what it's about. When he couldn't stand, you know, to go to practice. And it's the same story with, with, with my, you know, uh, the guy who inspired me, which is Charles Woodson. Uh, he said, you know, when he woke up uh, the day before a game, no, it was the day of the game. And he was getting ready to go to the uh, to the stadium and he realized that he just didn't want to play that day. He knew then it's time to retire. He actually said it that morning. He said, I'm going to, this will be my last year. <laughs> he said it, you know, because uh, he knew that was the first time in his life. He just didn't want to go play football. And that's big ups to him for admitting that he humbled himself. And now he's very success- successful and, you know, he's a wine brewer, wine seller. So he has his wine going. He's a hall of famer now, but he understood that, once I don't like the process anymore, I'm going to go ahead and let it go. That's it. And that's, and, and the process, no matter what your athletic ability is, the process is what makes you great. Exactly. That, that's what makes you great. I love exactly. it. All right. So we've got listeners out there and, uh, you know, everybody, everybody wants to make an impact in some way. And, right. and obviously you're making an impact in a different way than you thought you would when you were 18, but, right. but it's way more powerful now. So what advice would you have for that listener that just wants to make an impact in the world in some way, but isn't sure even how to start? Right. I'd say, uh, yeah, find your passion first, you know, that thing that, you just love to do, you know, once you found that start there, you know, once you're great at that, uh, people will admire you, you know, when they admire you, they listen to you, you know, so, you know, but remember, you know, do things from your heart, you know, that's what I've always done. You know, don't let, you know, don't let money or material things be the, your driving force. You know, you always find yourself empty when you do that, you know, you know, yes, when you buy that house or that car, you're on a high, but eventually that high will come down and you're searching for that next thing to buy, you know, instead, to serve people. You know, I've, I've made my life, you know, to uh, my purpose in life to just serve people. You know, even when I was without, I was always happy and full of life because I get more out of seeing others shine their light. You know, while while they shine, I shine as well. You know, so that's that's the biggest thing I could put out there to you is just, you know, find your passion and let your passion lead you to your purpose. Uh, and and, and, and you when you find your purpose, you'll find your peace. You'll find that it in you that will easily get through the hard days because throughout that hard day, you probably were doing something you love to do anyway. So that's what it's about. So good. So good. All right. You have trained uh, uh, many, a lot of athletes. I'm going right. to, I'm going to guess probably thousands of athletes. Right. Do you have a couple of stories that you'd like to share with us that you're proud of? And, and it could be based on anything. It doesn't have to be great. Right. athletes. just ones that right. stick out in your mind. I, I mean, all my athletes back in Houston, you know, who have gone on to to, to play, you know, be a collegiate athlete, man, that, that's that's my success story. They they live it for me. 
you know, I, I tell a lot of them, you know, go, go do it for me. You know, if you, if you can't wake up and feel like you're doing it for yourself, want to wake up and do it for me uh, because I can't go back and do it over, you know, That's but very you, cool. you can yeah. use your time to do it, you know, um, and, and as well as the athletes who decided that sports was not their thing and they pursue careers in a trade or just go to college to gain expertise in their chosen field. Man, those are some of my success stories, man. Any of those kids, man, you know, any, any of those kids that I see out, you know, I think I had a young man I trained when I first moved to Houston, just got married, man. That's my success wow. stories, man. You know, so just seeing them grow up. But I'd say one story that really that I could say brought tears to my eyes was, um, you know, Coach Casey, who's the head coach uh, of back home where I'm from in Homer, Louisiana. He's the reason why I came home. He called and asked me and I told him I couldn't uh, if I can't come home and say no to your face, I'll be there. So and, and I guess I couldn't say no to his face, you know, so when he asked, so I'm here, you know. But he, when I first got home to Homer in 2014, me and him got there together. He was also the next athlete after me. Uh, to play college uh, ball, he signed with Louisiana Tech, and he was inspired by me when I left because when I left to go to Southern Miss, that he was coming into his freshman year, so he really looked up to me, you know. And he he went on to have a very successful uh, career at Homer as well, one of the best to ever come through there. He's the head coach now, but when we first got home to coach there in 2014, I mean, we were we were you know horrible, you know, we were one in nine. You know, it was just uh, they had I think my program had nine, I mean, three different coaches in three years, three different head coaches in three years. So, you know, that will kill a that will kill a program any day because the kids won't think it's serious when you got a new guy running it every year. You know, so to see him win the state title last year after he was named the head coach three years ago. Uh, man, that was one of the best moments as far as a success story because I understood the process and the grind and what he had to go through all those years where he, you know, we went one and nine, we went two and eight. And even when I left to move, move to Houston, you know, they still had some struggling season, you know, so to see him be named the head coach after I was left and then to go back to New Orleans uh, this past December and to watch them win a, a state title, man, that was probably one of the greatest moments of my life, you know, so I could say... Coach Casey and his his perseverance was really one of the stories that that uh, inspired me and I, and I and I love it every time I think about it I just smile. That's beautiful and I will tell you and you know this and this is for the listeners out there that aren't in Texas or Louisiana but if you win a state championship in football in the in the state of Texas or the state of Louisiana yes, you've accomplished something major because <laughs> these are two states that yes, live indeed. and die by their Friday night lights. Yes, indeed, that is so true. That is so true. I love it. All right, Dustin, you've already authored two books. When's the third coming out? And I, I, I said I was going to release the third one this summer, but I'm behind. I got home and got so busy. I'm, 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 I'm probably going to, hopefully I'm going to be this busy until uh, December when we're back in a new Orleans Superdome for another state title this year. So hopefully when I get some time and after we want, we want a state title this year, uh, I can go ahead and uh, complete uh, the third book. The third book will be called the neighborhood dad. It's inspired by uh, one of my good friends, his dad from my hometown, who was, who was always the dad to all of us in our neighborhood. And so when I speak of, you know, not having a mentor. I can't really say that about him. He he just, you know, he was a, he was a, he was a neighborhood dad. He he was one of the only ones who would come to our games, and he would just, you know, he would cheer for all of us. He didn't, have, he wouldn't just cheer for his son. Every time I made an interception or a tackle or a touchdown, I could see him up there, and I appreciated him. So, you know, uh, two uh, about a year ago on Father's Day, I seen him at the park. I was not Father's Day, but uh, yeah, it was Father's Day weekend. I was hosting a fit camp back home, and he came up there to tell me how proud he was of me. And and at that moment, I realized that I need to do a book for him. You know, because he's always been that guy. So I said I was going to write a book for him called The Neighborhood Dad. And I want it to really be a, a children's book, you know, uh, an animated book with, with you know, kitty pictures in it. Uh, but I'm going to get creative with it. But I definitely want it to inspire all the dads out there to really step up in your neighborhood and be the mentor for these kids. Because, you know, a lot of these kids don't have that dad in the household. So uh, I'm going to really... Uh, Put a lot into that book, so I don't want to just put it out and just put it out there. I want to make sure when it's done, it's done right. So I can't give you a date on when it's coming, but it will be coming. The, the next book will be called uh, "The Neighborhood Dad." What a great title! What a great concept! And mm -hmm. I do look forward to reading that book. That'll be a great story to yes, to, uh, to go through. Dustin, if you could go back to your 18 year old self and give yourself advice, what would it be? Just continue to. To see it through, you know, that, that, that'd be the biggest thing. No matter what happens in life, 
to see it through. You know, remember that the answer is always perseverance. That is always the answer. You know, if you need to confirm that, there are so many scriptures in the Bible that tell you that those who prevail will succeed. You know, so just continuously see it through. Uh, keep that positive mindset. You know, no matter what your current situation may look like, never let it change the way you feel. Always have that positive outlook and just go forward and just keep stepping forward. Eventually you will walk right into what you're supposed to be doing. Dustin, that's fantastic. It, it, that is so good. And, and, you know, we've all been through difficulties. I'm uh, an older guy. I've been through a lot and, you know, a lot of, a lot of situations that uh, weren't always great, right. but it just when you, when it feels the darkest and you can't get out, at the end of the day, it will pass. And, you know, you breathe, you breathe and you keep moving in a direction and things do get better and things do work out. They may not work out the way you want them to, but a lot of times they work out the way they should. And, and it's okay. But, but your comment there to see it through is Mm -hmm. absolutely a hundred percent because no matter how bad it is, in your perspective right now, it'll be better tomorrow and it'll be better the next day. It just takes time. You got to yes, see it through. Great phrase. So true. Okay. Okay, Dustin. Now it's time for our rapid fire brains and brawn segment. You're, gotcha. the, brain, you're the brains. I'm the brawn. Okay. So uh, I'm going to ask you five quick questions and you're going to provide me with quick answers. All right. Let's do it. All right. Number one, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Apocalypto. Mel Gibson. Oh, very good. All <laughs> right. What's your greatest accomplishment? I'd say uh, co-owning the uplift with, with, with my business partner, Casey Dupre. That is a great business and it's still doing great work here in Houston, right? For, yeah, for, yes, indeed. For the Tomball area. Yes, indeed. About to open up a new facility up on uh, 2920 in Tomball uh, here soon. So, uh, yes, look out for that. I highly recommend their services. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is a goal that you are still chasing? Uh, open up recreation center back home in North Louisiana. I promised my mother I'd do that uh, before she passed away. So I'm working on that right now. I love it. That's awesome. If you could spend the day with anyone past or present, who would that be? Uh, Earl Nightingale. Uh, Earl Nightingale would definitely be rest in peace. Earl Nightingale. Uh, I listened his, his audios were something that really inspired me to wake, wake my mind up and see things differently. So Earl Nightingale would, would definitely be that person. Okay, very good. Tell me a little bit about Earl Nightingale. I'm not familiar. Is it, is just, tell me a little bit more about it. So Earl Nightingale was a was a radio uh, broadcaster. Um, you may I, I found him on YouTube when I was really going through a lot, and it just said uh, I don't know the the video was called the secret. He was really a basically a life coach. He just taught people how to 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 use your mind, you know, to create whatever you want. You know, he talked about the law of attraction and and, you know, uh, the things that I preach to these kids, you know, always staying positive and, you know, and, and always having that that outlook that things will go your way eventually. He was big on that. He passed away, I believe, in 1989 uh, after a heart surgery. But you can go back and listen to some of his audio. He has over five, I believe, albums of recordings. Wow. that he uh, And I just listened to him. Uh, sometimes when I'm just riding to work, I just put him on and just listen to him talk. I can listen to Earl Nightingale talk all day. He made so much sense and he, he could wake anybody up because he was so positive. And he talks about his stories as well, about how it relates to his life and how his thing. He was also a part of Pearl Harbor. He was one of the people that survived Pearl Harbor. Okay. He jumped, he jumped in the, in the, in the ocean when it, when the, you know, the things were, were, were fell down on their ship. Uh, so it has a great story of perseverance. Uh, Earl Nightingale is definitely one of, one of my favorite people to ever live on this earth. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to check that out. That, yes, that is, uh, that's really insightful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where is your favorite place to travel or visit? I'd say uh, any beach or lake house with a direct view of the sun shining on the water. I'm there. Just just put me there. It's something <laughs> about good. That's it. Yeah, it's something about the sun shining on the water, man. It just do something to me. Every time I see it, man, it just it opens my mind up. You know, I first said I would write a book when I first seen the ocean. The first time I ever seen the ocean, that's when my mind said, I'm going to write a book one day. And I've written two books since then. So, yeah. It's awesome. I, 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 uh, 
I, I, I was, I was surprised when you wrote your second one and you're going to keep going. You're going to have a whole <laughs> library one day. I love it. Oh, so man, I want to leave some for, for every, I want to be here forever. That's what I told, you know, my kids, man, I'm not going to ever leave. I'm, you can always read because anytime you read some, you're in a conversation with the author. So if anybody want to ever be in a conversation with me, anytime ever on this earth, they can just read my books and they can, they can be right there with me. And so I, and I'm good. so thankful. Mm-hmm. Dustin, You've been a fantastic guest today and, and, and given, given us so much good information and things to think of. And, you know, the way you're pouring into in today's youth and, and actually living and breathing and being a mentor to them. Um, you know, any other any other final thoughts for our audience? Oh, man, I'm just I'm just so excited, you know, to for you to reach out to me to actually ask me to be on this podcast, man. I'm so proud of you. Uh, continue to shine your light on, on this world uh, and continue to do this podcast, man, because people and kids and teenagers all over the world, they need to hear at least something that I will say that other guests will say. Uh, it's always something that somebody needs to hear. Uh, my life changed because of something I heard somebody say in the audio. So continue to do this, continue to serve. Uh, and again, I'm just honored that I made my way out of the darkness back into the light. I'm meeting good people like you to be able to share that time with your, your sons. And uh, they, they, they would definitely always be one of those, two of my favorites, man, just because of their personalities and, and how they receive me. You know, uh, I, I can't thank God enough, man, for, for, you know, waking me up to this, this way of life. And this is it, man. I appreciate you so much. Oh, Dustin, my, my pleasure. And, and thank you again for being a guest. You know, this is a, a little project for me. I've had the blessing in my 32 plus years of, of professional career to interact with a ton of great people that have powerful messages that might not get out there if I didn't do this. And uh, so it's uh, it's you know, and that's why I'm covering the topics I'm covering and, and just enjoying it. So thank you for being the guest. And Indeed. I want to thank you again for this very memorable conversation. I appreciate your insights. I'm sure our listeners will as well when I get this posted sometime next week. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you, what are the best ways to do so? Um, and you can just, you know, re- look my name up, you know, Dustin Danzi, D-U-S-T-I-N, D-A-N-Z-I-E on Google. You know, uh, they'll lead you to all kinds of sites where you can find me on Coach Up. You can go to my personal website, which is www.coachdustin2.com. That's coachdustin2.com uh, and reach out to me. Also, I have an author page on Amazon. So you just type in my name. It'll bring up my books. You can also click on the link that goes to my author page. Uh, and just reach out to me about anything, whether it be, you know, about my books or about just just mentoring and, you know, ways to approach kids or ways to, you know, life coaches, you know, kids in the community. Uh, I'm for it all, man. Anything that has to do with mentoring kids, I'm for it. And uh, we're going to wrap today's Brawny Conversations podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Dustin Danzi. And I also want to thank each of you for choosing to listen to this podcast. You have been listening to the Brawny Conversations podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us today. And please subscribe to the podcast to receive our latest episodes and give us a follow on social media. New episodes are now in production and we can't wait to share them with you. Pursue your passions and help others along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.